Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Setter Tales podcast with uh, Wade and Thomas. And uh, tonight's episode is sponsored again by Kinetic Performance Dog Food. If you haven't tried this product, uh, give it a try. Um, we've been using it for years and uh, it really works well for us. And uh, um, great people, great product. Um, boy, tonight is going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. So uh, we... Uh, far as the dog work had done uh we haven't been doing much here in the last week we kind of after new year's we've kind of slowed down in our guiding thing and so uh giving us a little more time to catch up on some of the uh podcast uh, topics that we want to talk about um what's been happening on your side you've been i know you're planning a trip here next uh, yeah, week yeah i uh hunted every second i could since the end of the season um was uh was on tuesday so didn't get to hunt Monday and Tuesday, but we hunted hard um, set Friday afternoon, Saturday and Sunday, and and uh, got on some really, really good land. I you know, rarely get to hunt, but a friend of mine's got about 400 acres that we went and hunted and took a friend of mine and his boy, and, man, where we were at, the snow was so crunchy, those birds could hear us coming. So we struggled at that and then went to went to my honey hole and I bet we saw, you know, we probably saw 150 birds that day. And, um, I've been going through a shooting slump. <laughs> I had, um, two weeks ago, my friend Chad and I, and, and a couple of his buddies, we all went hunting and, and, uh, you know, the snow was crunchy. The dogs were sore and they started slowing down. So when I think the dogs and they get kind of get sore feet and they slow down and really, I think they just work better when you get them kind of slowed down and, well, CJ pointed six roosters for me on public ground, and I missed every one of them. Every well. single one of them. And I don't, I studied and thought in my head and must have got my own head. So we went, that was on a Saturday. We went Sunday, and I did end up shooting two off a point. So <laughs> that made me feel better. It definitely didn't get any look, bad looks from CJ anymore. But no, I'm. Uh, well, I wish I was there. I wish I'd have been oh, there. Oh man, that. they were laughing, and and my buddy goes, I th- <laughs> "I've never seen you miss." I said, "Well, now you see me miss six or seven times." So there wow. you go. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> we need some of those roosters for carryover. So there you go. You're doing your uh, part for conservation. I was about like. ready to retire, but yeah, we. Uh, I'm, yeah, there, there you go. But no, I'm planning. I'm gonna go to Kansas for about five days. So getting uh, everybody geared up and and yeah, giving be, them a week uh, off to dogs just to relax we'll be interested in how you do down there because yeah. hopefully you'll get in some quail while you're down there that's yeah, always fun I, I got a couple connections and yeah. and a good friend of mine sent me a couple pins and on uh on the old onyx and i got a nice little one bedroom cabin um kind of the northeast north central part i'm only about 80 miles south of nebraska but there you go. center of the state so we've been we're going to give her a shot yeah we were down there a few years ago but yeah it's always fun and looks like the weather uh just uh, some guys just uh borrowed the dog trailer here tonight they're heading down to kansas somewhere down by wichita i believe and they said the, they thought the weather this coming week is going to be in the 40s so yeah the, so the high is like 42 on a couple of days yeah. and it's only gonna get down to like 27 at night so um That'll be good. There won't be a much frost, and the dogs will be able to to, to stay comfortable in the box. And and uh, so, you know, anyway, we, I'm I, excited. Yeah, we, uh, you know, what's been very cool about the podcast is just looking at some of the analytics of, you know, 
where our listeners are coming from. And as you know, we saw some analytics last week uh, where, where we have listeners in, in, in many different countries, which is kind of interesting um, and, uh, and cool at the same time. And so uh, we do – what is really interesting is to know that there's, uh, there's bird hunting going on in those other countries, and and I have read articles and followed some of the some of the videos and that are you know, and we were in Ireland a few years ago hunting with some guys and pheasants over there. So it's always fun to kind of keep track of what they're doing, how they do it, and the the similar passions that they have in other countries for their dogs as we do. And uh, tonight, we're, we're our guest is um, is one of those individuals. Who uh, he lives in Canada, up in Alberta, Canada, and we're going to bring him on, and we are going to talk bird hunting in Alberta, Canada, and in some other places too as well. Pavel uh, Francev, is that am I pronouncing that right? Your yeah. last name? <clears throat> yeah, Close yeah, enough? it's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> Close enough. yeah that's for <laughs> we'll sure. call you Pavel. All right, is that okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's so <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on tonight, yeah, and. Yeah, thank you guys for having um, you know you you've got you're doing some really interesting stuff i've seen some of the videos uh where you are basically making a journal of your of your dog and and your ups and downs if you will and and kind of the the journey that you've taken and some beautiful landscape shots of some bird hunting that you've done and uh up there in Canada, and we just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit, and the the dog that you do hunt with. What is what is your breed of dog that you uh, you uh, chase all the time up there? It's Weimaraner. I've tried to I've tried to get away from that breed, but something <laughs> something keeps me with that breed, and yeah. Um, but this know, this is this is like your second one that you've had, right? That's the second Weimar I have. Yeah. Okay. So where did that all all begin when you when you were I know you're from Latvia originally. Is that when you kind of fell in love with that breed to start with? This is where, uh, yeah, I got into, I guess, dogs and and then bird hunting. And my first dog, I got it as nobody should get a dog <laughs> ever. So I've I had no idea about dogs. Um, I I was not hunting at the time. I just basically looked up puppies on, uh, well, um, Latvian analog of uh, Craigslist and saw like, oh, that puppy looks cool. <laughs> Let's go and take a look. And uh, yeah, ended up with a Weimaraner. And uh, from there, we just thought, oh, well, it's a hunting breed. Let's just do a little bit of training like to give dog what it needs and what it kind of was, kind of was bred for. And it went downhill from there. <laughs> I've started... <laughs> I started uh, training dogs. I got really seriously involved in with Latvian hunting dog club, and uh, got an education in canine studies and started apprenticeship as as a field judge. So yeah, it got uh, it got really crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sounds like it grabbed a hold of you and really uh, like well. It's addictive. It is. There's no question about that. So, so going into your little education on the canine studies, was that mm -hmm. just through your hunting club or did you go to a schooling? Yeah. So that's an interesting thing actually about um, Latvia and some actually some other European countries as well. So in order to become a field judge in Latvia, you need to get an education in canine studies and what will include, it will include um, some biology, um, some genetics, and some other kind of basic basic knowledge. It's same for breeders, 
and for uh, field judges. So on one hand, it kind of gets things a little bit more complicated, but on another hand, you really, you really get people who are very invested in the dog world overall and do have uh, some basic knowledge to begin with uh, when it comes to, when it comes to things, well, you actually need probably even in, in, uh, in judging dogs in the field, because there's a lot, uh, there's a lot that comes from biology as well. Uh, I mean, um, if a dog builds, is built right, you totally can see it in the field. Um, yeah, just runs easier, better, and it's, uh, so on and so forth. So, and in the end of the day, all the testing is done, well, to produce better dogs in the future. So you said breeders have to kind of get that study. Do you think this is raising like a bunch of questions that just are blowing my mind, but <laughs> does that, do you think like in America, you can go to every Craigslist or a Facebook or some site anywhere and everybody's got puppies, you know, my dog pointed a bird one day and my neighbor's dog pointed a bird one day, let's have puppies. And, 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 you know, we have, pounds and rescues just full of dogs does that minimize the backyard breeding there unfortunately it doesn't unfortunately it doesn't i would love to say yeah it does and like here's a solution and let's apply it here (laughs) in canada in u.s but no it doesn't i thought maybe you had a million dollar idea for us here in america and the amount of hunting dogs that you'll find in in latvia is is just uh, tremendous uh there are more hunting dogs than hunters <laughs> that's for sure it's uh yeah um, unfortunately it doesn't help hmm. okay are there other obviously other popular breeds what other popular popular bird breeds of hunting dogs would you see over there i know other than the wimes well do you, uh, do you see any setters yes. over there for instance setters yes um but hunting setters and like working setters will be very, very rare. Uh, there's a lot of show setters for sure. And well, there's some well, beautiful dogs, but they're definitely, definitely different from what you will see in the field. They're bigger dogs, more massive, um, longer hair. Um, that hair is one last year a day in, in the field. It'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true. So, but from hunting breeds, I guess druts and GSPs will be, will be very popular. And of course, uh, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of hounds. There's Latvian hound, which is uh, kind of Latvian breed and it's popular in, in, uh, in the field, but uh, a lot of dogs that will be kind of um, big game centered and well, hound like, um, like us and so on and so forth. Some amazing dogs and they, they're amazing what they do, but, uh, um, if we'll, if we'll search for something really outstanding and definitely going to be hounds, it's just more, more hunting of that type is going on. That's why, that's why you'll, you'll see a little bit less, uh, pointing dogs at that. Okay. His Drothar is probably is one of the most popular breeds that I can think of that at least I've seen most, um, actually like hunting and doing work. Um, and again, it's also related, I guess, to climate. It's this, this dog can actually handle a lot and can do, can do it all and can do it all in any weather, basically. Um, and Latvia is similar. I guess it's similar to, to, uh, your place guys. It's, uh, pretty much the same, same 
same uh, winters, same summers. Um, not going too extreme in the winter, but it's still cold and uh, same, I guess, in summer. We've had definitely had a mild winter for sure. Yeah. Luckily, yeah, don't, um, <clears throat> don't jinx it right now. But. Knock on wood, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to see. You know, I kind of did some research and I actually have seen a picture of a Latvia hound and uh, they're just uh, they're a different looking kind of a different looking dog, but they look like they're very versatile and in the way they're, they're really small. They're really small dogs. Yeah. They're just uh, like, yeah, they got a big presence or a small dog, but they just, their stature, the one I saw had like just this really cool stature and, and, uh, but those big size, a couple little like yeah, and stuff too. So we're some, I guess one of the most popular, um, animals, game animals in, in Latvia will probably be wild boar. Um, and uh, they can be they can be tough on dogs, and small dogs actually probably even have an advantage. And uh, my previous one, he got uh, a little bit cocky once with the wild boar, and the wild boar just threw him up in the air. He did he did a few turns, and since then he he uh, held a little bit. <laughs> he held his distance. Um, but small dogs, they kind of just maybe they have an advantage uh, when working with uh, with animals like wild boar. Yeah, they um, can kind of get out of the way quicker and and kind of duck and dive a little yeah, better. I've yeah, seen quite yeah. a few videos of that. So interesting. So at some point, then uh, you you ended up coming to Canada, where you are now. But tell us a little bit about how, how that that all happened and what that uh, transition was like for you. Well, at some point in our life, we just kind of decided to change things up a little bit. And for my wife, it was a big career change and she wanted to study up here in Canada. Um, and for me, well, the big driver for sure uh, was bird hunting. And uh, we first actually landed in um, Toronto and uh, Ontario, of course, is, is famous for uh, grouse hunting and woodcock hunting. And uh, I was really looking, looking forward to doing that when we, when we came to Canada. And well, I guess this is how I've uh, met uh, my breeders, my current Weimaraner breeder. And I have a lot of friends who are involved in Weimaraner world up there uh, in Ontario. Um, same thing as soon as we, as soon as we landed, I've just kind of reached out and we actually made, uh, made a film uh, uh, about, about, uh, um, well, kind of, it's not our breeder, but they were they were breeding dogs kind of in in our dog line. They were breeding breeding these dogs, and I hunted with uh, my dog's grandmother. But we made we made a movie about them as well. And yeah, this is I guess how our journey in Canada started. And then we, after living um, in Toronto for for I think three years, we moved to Vancouver Island, which is on the west coast of of Canada and spent a few years up there uh hunting on the islands is a little bit a little bit tougher bird hunting uh that is i uh, just uh, a lot of a lot of trying to work along logging roads and covers super thick um yeah max you can get like the tail of your dog sticking out of a bush and you'll hear a bird and you're never gonna see it um yeah so uh it's uh Hunting, upland hunting is somewhat limited on the island, although well, there's still some opportunities that you can kind of try to find for yourself. And then last year we went for hunts to Alberta 
and uh, we loved it so much that uh, this year in March, we well, last year already in March, we we moved up here uh, to to live here. And actually, this was our first season, um, first hunting season, full on hunting season here in Alberta, and we absolutely love it. It's 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 amazing. How many how many days do you think you hunted this this season? You, oh, I know. I know, I know exactly how many days I've hunted. You're, you journal that, don't you? I've hunted so far 52 days. Um, and uh, so this weekend, if nothing is going to change, it's going to be 54 and that's going to be it. So 15th is basically the last day of our hunting season up here. Right. So I have one weekend left that when I can hunt. Uh, and uh, that's going to be a wrap for, for the season. Wow, that's pretty. That's kind of kind of amazing. How I mean, we're in different countries, and you know, our seasons all you know are all kind of close at the same time. Yeah, so ours just ended. Our our pheasant season just ended um, on Tuesday. So and then our quail season will follow like another week. But you got to get mm-hmm. to the southern tip of the state to to get after quail. If you find them up here, you're um, they're probably an escapee from somewhere yeah, or. They rode on somebody's vehicle up here, but or you don't want to shoot them, or you don't want to shoot them because it's all you're ever going to see up here. But um, I'm going to Kansas next week, and theirs ends at the end of the month. And um, I think South Dakota and North Dakotas are about the same there. But there you got so much snow, I don't even think you can hunt up there right now. But yeah. no, it's uh, it's kind of neat to see, you know, how the you know the differences in the seasons. And you know, as far as weather up there right now, what are your, like, what are your challenges for hunting right now with the weather? Right now is actually really, really good. It's kind of, it got a little bit warmer. Um, we had a few cold snaps where it got, where wind chill, it got to like minus 40. And this is where Celsius and, and Fahrenheit uh, meet, so I don't need to convert anything. So <laughs> minus 40 is pretty cold. Um, and this definitely keeps you out, out of the field. But right now it's pretty mild. It's... Uh, Right now, I think it's minus minus ten uh, Celsius. That is, uh, let me let me convert it for your uh, for your listeners, just so that we know what we what we're talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been pretty good actually in terms of weather. I think we've been pretty pretty lucky. It wasn't too cold. Um, so yeah, minus minus ten is 14, 14 Fahrenheit. 14 degrees right now. That's about where we're at right now, I'd say. Yeah, and yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit warm over the weekend. But what we have here, especially kind of in southern Alberta and um, Calgary area, we have so-called Chinooks. So that's basically a warm fronts that are coming from the mountains, and we'll have these breaks in the winter. We'll have really cold weather, and then uh, we'll we'll wear a t-shirt next day, basically for for a few days, and then it goes back to winter mode. Um, so, but these breaks are nice. You can, you can kind of have a little pause in the winter and so, uh, not worry about it so much. So I think whenever, you know, when it comes to mind of weather in Canada, I just think of snow and cold. So as far as snowpack, I mean, you said you could be freezing cold one day and t-shirt the next, does your snow stay down or do you, do you does it pile much up stays, after a while? Yeah. Well, if if we'll have if we'll have any patches of kind of warmer weather, you'll you'll uh, you'll see snow going. But uh, um, in most of the places, it will stay. And again, this this only 
this only affects a little little part of Alberta, even not not uh, not even the whole province. Um, this Chinook is kind of really a bonus that only southern Albertans uh, can experience. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely nice. There's still a lot of snow, and um, um, even last weekend I was I was hunting in in um, knee deep snow. Oh wow! Um, that that's where I give up. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I stay. That's where I stay in a truck. Go south. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. It was it, it was like one of the worst snow covers you can get when you have like crust, but it's not. It's not right. thin enough and it's not thick enough. It's, right. it's thick enough to hold you for like half, like half a second. And then it, and then you it drop breaks. through. Yep. And, and uh, stuff. yeah, it's, it's, it's worse than, than uh, even just like regular yeah. knee deep snow. The, the, fe- the pheasants here, you coming about two miles away. So that's, that's what, we're, <laughs> that's what we've been struggling with the past few weeks is it gets warm in the afternoon. So it melts the snow down a little bit, then it freezes overnight. Yeah. Well, you sit there and crunch through, and and uh, we didn't get even close to some birds in some areas because the snowpack was so deep. You know, yeah, seven, seven eight inches. Is, our pheasant season is done now, so all we're chasing okay. basically are hunts. And uh, these little buggers, they they don't care around when it comes to comes to snow cover and making noise. They're gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think last last time I hunted, I did not even. Uh, have a chance to for a dog to work on them it's just uh, they took off way before one of us can get even close to them um and we've seen few coveys and just couldn't couldn't get to them but that's uh yes that's and then that's usually hunting. when the when the season closes then that's when you get all those nice points on pheasants those big <laughs> roosters that set tight oh yeah pheasants yeah. pheasants were, <laughs> he, uh, we're pointing right and left right now because the season is done so yeah. um, that's all it goes. it's good dog work though yeah. it's good good for the dog actually i think i think we can before that so uh my dog went on point and he's pointing uh, and it's like a little bush and i'm trying to I, i'm thinking it's pheasant it looks like a pheasant cover so I'm kicking around the bush and nothing happens. And I walked around it and like, it just, I mean, I'm thinking dog, you're wrong. It's probably an old scent. We need to go. But he, he does not want to give up. He's like, bird is there. And then I dig up that bush and I see <laughs> that head popping up of, uh, of a pheasant hen, <laughs> like deep and dig, dig right in, in there. And uh, yeah, so the dog was right, and that was another lesson for me to trust your dog. And the funny thing, like I've I've literally spent like three minutes kicking around the bush, and nothing happened. It did not flush. As soon as I decided to collar a dog and just kind of take him away, because he would not break the point. He knows the bird is there. As soon as I grabbed his collar, the uh, the pheasant flushed. Go figure. That's usually the way it happens. I caught one by hand the other day doing. <laughs> a rooster yeah. I can I but can probably I can probably catch he had it well that was a while when the snow gets heavy like we've had they will I mean he, I the, the snow there yet. was no snow and I dug and I kicked around and the dog just didn't move and, and sometimes when you get an old scent or a cautious dog they're like they'll run around and scurry around like I thought there was a bird there well mm-hmm. she wasn't moving and so I pulled apart this wad of grass and I seen this rooster stick his head up at me and I thought there's no way I'm going to get stood up fast enough to get a shot off. So I reached down and grabbed him, and and uh, I had injured him the week before. Um, oh, he his did, one yeah. that I had, we had hit, and he'd sailed, and I never got him. But yeah. 
I still caught one by hand and it was witnessed by another person. So yeah, but if he had already been shot earlier, I don't know if that really counts or he, not. He lived a, a whole official. week. Yeah. He had one broken leg, so he could okay. hop around on one. He hopped around in circles probably, but he was his crop was full of corn, so he was actually getting to the yeah. food plot. Okay. So I would say he was ninety <laughs> percent healthy, just a bad leg. But we'll uh, so so I know <laughs> that I know that you uh, you journal your hunts and you keep pretty good track of birds that you've moved and you know points that the dogs have and i know you're a big grouse guy you do a lot of grouse hunting and you know in the grouse we don't see a lot of grouse here but um the gentleman and i have talked to that do a lot of that you know usually as you mentioned i never saw the bird but i heard it flush usually that's a victory isn't it and a lot of a lot of days it's just a victory that you got the bird to move and and that that's how they kind of score it didn't yep. have to get, didn't bag the bird, but I moved four or five. So that was a good day. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. And in the end of the day, we're, we're there for dogs. And uh, sometimes I don't even take a gun with me and uh, I'll just walk around with the camera and a dog. Um, and if, especially if I have somebody who, who can gun, I, I can, they can take all the shots uh, they want. Um, yeah. If my dog works, it's, uh, it's good enough for me. Well, and that's kind of, we do some guiding and, and, and that the transition is we don't carry guns when we're guiding, but we're hoping that the clients that we have with us are going to get a, uh, get to harvest a, a bird over our dogs. And for me, I get more enjoyment out of that than I do really shooting myself, but, um, at least these days. So, um, and you know, most guys who uh, have dogs and had dogs for a period of time, that's kind of what drives us all is the dogs out there that seeing the dog get to work and, and be somebody being successful with my dog is, is wonderful, but, um, but yeah, and I, not that I don't like to shoot, but you know, it's less embarrassing when I don't have to. Well, you didn't <laughs> do what I did the other day, I missed six of them in a row. So, but yeah, it's much more enjoyable to watch yeah. somebody harvest a bird over your dogs. But and you know, what's the best, them. the best is when you don't have to shoot because you shot your limit. And now your buddy is working over your dog. There you go. That's there even better too. There you I go. That's like, that. that's the yeah. best. <laughs> I, that's right. Especially if they brought their dog too. <laughs> I don't know. That's just, yeah, I think well, that's a man, man pride. Is that what they call it? Or I guess a pride so. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, um, you know, you started the, the documenting and, you know, the shooting the films and we'll, we'll specifically talk about um, a film that, you produce called blueprint, which, um, is the, the name kind of is interesting, but when you really hear you talk about it, it makes all the sense in the world. You know, it's, it's building a dog from the foundation, like you would build any kind of structure. And, and, uh, but, um, was that kind of the first introduction you had into trying to capture on film, what we see in the field, you know, when we're hunting every day, we see these dogs doing these really magnificent things and you really want to share that with other people that don't know what any of that's, a, that's like, is that, is that kind of what your focus was? Um, yeah, pretty much. I'm really, really sharing, sharing, uh, what uh, upland hunting is, is all about is definitely a big thing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, plus hopefully, hopefully I can, I can get a chance to introduce somebody to, uh, to upland hunting who, who never hunted. Um, and maybe they will get into it or at least, uh, at least, um, uh, well, 
have more understanding of it. Um, I had a big moment years ago um, when uh, I took a friend of mine uh, back in Latvia um, snipe hunting. And he's a photographer and he just kind of tagged along to uh, take pictures. And he's not a hunter and he's, he was probably kind of on against hunting side of things. Uh, and I took him with me and after, after the hunt, after we've hunted snipe for a day with him, he, he told me, you know what, I'm not, I'm not converted. I'm not going to buy a gun tomorrow, but now, now I understand. I understand why you do that. I, um, I understand why, why would people want to do that? Um, well, at least hunting, hunting with a dog and uh, shooting over dog. So that was, uh, that was really, um, kind of moment of pride for me, for him to see uh, my dog work and uh, changing his opinion really on hunting overall. That was, uh, it was really nice and translating it into films and maybe trying to, to uh, get this message out. So definitely, it's definitely, definitely one of the important things for me. Were you, were you, were you surprised by the, the interest that you've received on, on your films that you've done, or, you know, people like us are reaching out to you to want to talk to you about what you're doing up there in in Canada or was, did, did that catch you off guard at all? Or how, well, it's how's, definitely, that, how's that, how's that been? Oh, it's definitely, it's, well, as, as an artist, when it creates uh, whatever it might be, of course, you, you, all the interest you get is, is, is really nice and it's, it's pleasant. It's good to, it's good to have that, um, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely it definitely feels good. And as soon as I'll as soon as I'll get like first hate message, this is <laughs> this is when I know that I made it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah, we did a, we we did a video series for a while, and yeah, you're gonna get that. There's gonna be somebody that uh, doesn't like the fact that you're shooting a bird or doing whatever you're doing. I don't know, but that's part of the part of it. I think the majority of the, uh, of it is, uh, is just the opposite, thankfully. But, but as far as, um, tell us a little bit about blueprint and how did that all kind of come? How did you get that idea to do that? So with, uh, with blueprint, well, originally, uh, we kind of just thought about, about documenting how a trip to Alberta and how, how it's, how it's going to go. Um, but then we, Kind of wanted to dig a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper, and just just show what it is to hunt with with a young dog, and uh, it's definitely not going to be all smooth, and uh, there's going to be some bumps. Maybe, maybe, maybe there were a little bit more than we expected in terms of in terms of issues and problems we ran ran into, um, but I just yeah, kind of wanted to show that. Um, and dogs, dogs are not uh, not perfect, and that's totally fine. It's totally fine to hunt with a young dog and with a puppy, and um, you should let the dog uh, make make mistakes, and that's uh, that's okay. Yeah, if, you know, if you don't let them dogs make that mistakes, they're never going to learn anything, and and uh, that's I I think that's a great idea of what you're doing is because. A lot of people think, well, let's go buy a hunting dog and go hunting. And then it comes to the first time you shoot over that dog or shoot around that dog. And then you got people that say, well, my dog won't come to me or my dog is gun shy. I mean, it's nice to have somebody chronicle a lot, you know, do a whole, 
like a, a list, you know, chronologically, I can't ever say that word correctly, but <laughs> how it starts and, and people learn from that. And you have less people with, well, I got a, my dog's gun shy and you don't really want him in the house because he's not, he's just a house dog now and want a hunting dog. And then, you know, I know people have done that multiple times and they just, they don't follow those steps that are important. So um, that, I think that's a great thing. About well, yeah. especially, I think, I think with the first do. dogs, people try to rush through, through the process a lot. And, uh, and also there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of like social pressure because um, you, you will, you will go online or you have friends and like, Hey, like I have a puppy and he's five uh, months old and he's already pointing and retrieving and swimming. And so uh, there are definitely dogs like that, but there are also dogs who won't really do anything until they're like two and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's totally fine. Um, there's it's same, same as with, with people that quite a few, I guess, um, folks who really struggle through school and, uh, um, now they like look at them, they, they, they're really like successful or may achieve something really great in like science or, or whatnot. So everyone develops in its own pace, including dogs. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard, especially for someone who is just starting, not to not try to rush things and not try to what? get the dog to to final point. And especially when you get onto your second dog, your expectation you may you may judge that new dog by where your previous dog had been at the same age or whatever, and you go, "What's wrong with this dog?" You know, the the dog I had before, the, you know, was able to do quite a few more things at, at six months or at eight months. And so then, then you get that comparison where you're thinking this dog, there's something wrong with him because he's not, he's not on that same schedule that the dog I had before was. And, uh, I mean, I've even seen, uh, the dogs we've had out of the same litter and one is like early on is excelling and pointing birds and, and the litter mate is like, more interested in butterflies and, you know, and, and you're going, what the heck is wrong with this guy, you know? And, uh, but give it patience and time. And eventually the, uh, the slow, the slower dog or the dog that doesn't takes a little more time in the end actually may end up being a better all around dog than the other one. I've seen that happen. So, and that's yeah, what that's I kind of try to tell everybody is be patient and, you know, the switch will come on and the day it does, you will know it. And, you know, but, but sometimes it's hard. Do you want to be in the field? Do you want to be doing all the cool stuff? You want to be shooting birds and, and the, the training stuff you're doing at home or in the yard sometimes isn't that, that, uh, glamorous, I guess, if you say, <laughs> but it's important stuff to do. Uh, but yeah, I like the, I think the film that you, uh, you produced, like you said, shows the, the goods, the ups and the downs that it's, you know, when anybody's trained, trained a dog, as you know, you, you, you take a step forward one day and then you seem like you've come back to, you know, you think you're making yeah, progress and then suddenly the dog seems like he forgot everything you taught him last week, you know, and so you kind of have to regroup, but that's just the process. So. And, also uh, miracles happen, I guess. Um, in that, <laughs> in that film, um, there's, uh, don't, if, if somebody, if somebody haven't watched it and wants to, wants to take a peek, um, a little spoiler, um, there's a porcupine encounter. Um, unfortunate porcupine encounter uh, for with my, my dog Coda, and that was uh, the only lesson that he 
actually well took very seriously and since then i've been very lucky he literally i had i had this season him walking behind the porcupine and like keeping his distance uh and pointing multiples and uh, not not going after them um yeah he's one of those dogs that uh, learned his lesson and i know it does not happen often there's a lot of dogs who will do it over and over and over and over again. Um, and I have a few friends who had uh, thousands of dollars uh, paid to the vets <laughs> this year because of the porcupine encounters. Yeah, yes, that's somehow Koya managed to learn his lesson. That's something we don't have to worry too much about here. Uh, obviously, we have but, skunks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we, um, I had, a, you know, that point my buddy had a, a squirrel dog and he uh they went to michigan and squirrel hunted and he found a porcupine and he got that killer mentality for porcupines yeah. and there wasn't a porcupine left wherever they went um he wanted to kill and once he got a quill in his face he wanted to the rest of them because well, he well, killed every porcupine in the woods. What was the vet bill like, though? Um, <laughs> they actually told them themselves. Yeah. He was so miserable. I think he caught one. They got he didn't get a ton of quills, and then he went after another one, got it bad. So they had three guys there, and they I mean same thing the vet would have done. And he was wouldn't even go in the dog box. So they just kind of put him in a hold, and I think they may have put a little tape around his face and he always mm. carries the pliers and popped them out wow. and um yeah it can be tough and so uh, they they do travel so um after that last encounter i think uh, it was four four or five weeks after after actual encounter i found some quills going out like at his back and he was hitting the chest and mouth um so they've traveled really? wow. traveled quite a long way and for for a long time too that's like five weeks after actual encounter interesting yeah it seems like they get you know we get uh not like where we're at but you get up in the dakotas or you may go south they get grass ons in their skin mm-hmm. and then they can migrate through the body and and ultimately they can be deadly but um you know luckily the quills are long enough i've what i've heard anyway they most of them they don't get all the way in unless you got a dog that gets it really bad uh they actually kind of get sucked in because of like how quills uh are structured they basically yeah, it's like a needle with barbs uh and it just gets sucked in like you you literally see them getting sucked in as you try to pull them pull them out really um it's uh they're yeah they're pretty pretty interesting things this uh these quills and uh, yeah, how they gonna get 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 into dogs, uh, dogs, are, buddy? Are are there other uh, other things that you encounter that are that can be detrimental to the dog, other than porcupines? Are there other kinds of uh, predators there that you may encounter, or you're worried about encountering? Uh, yeah, well, actually, <laughs> quite a few, I guess, <laughs> up here. Well, um, from you know, let's start from the small ones. Well, we have badgers. And uh, oh, yeah. that can uh, that can go wrong uh, for sure in in uh, in many ways. Um, we have uh, bobcats and lynx. 
um, that can also uh, go wrong. And uh, I have uh, friends of mine who had um, their dogs, uh, their dogs kind of trying to play rough with with bobcats did not go super well. Dogs uh, needed to get stitched up. Um, and we have bears, uh, grizzlies and black bears, um, kind of in the in the in the mountains. You can definitely there's quite a quite a few grizzlies and quite a few black bears. Um, that can be can be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that'd be like. You know, I, I always said I'm not sure I want to hunt somewhere where something can hunt me back. But um, but I, I oh and cougars cougars I forgot cougars. about cougars. There you go. Yeah, well, come, oh. Now we now, have a different kind of cougar down here. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now out in out in out in the prairie grass where you hunt, you know, for your huns and for pheasant, you probably I mean you may I assume porcupines probably can migrate into that kind of cover, but your bears and your other thing you probably find more in the mountainous more areas yeah. where you're hunting hunting grouse probably. Yeah, yeah, not uh, they usually they usually are not in the prairies. Um well at least and in, in some kind of closer to the mountains, you can you can you can encounter grizzlies as well in uh, in the prairies. But um, kind of east east of Calgary, yeah, you probably would not would not run into them at all. Now, other other than the uh, you know like the the porcupine encounter, I kept capturing that on film as bad as that was. I mean, like, <laughs> you that's something you don't see. I mean, yeah. an actual. Uh, incident like that. Well, number one, you weren't expecting it, and your dog's—I assume your dog found something interesting. Thought it thought it might be a bird that he's working, and then boom, you know, it's uh, it's not. But um, uh, were there other things? What other challenges did did you have when you were making your film? Uh, weather, uh, you know, we we've, we've always run into issues with batteries, and you're in the middle of nowhere, and you lose equipment. I mean, what other what other challenges? did you uh did you encounter when you were up there trying to film your well your show? i guess first and foremost it's it's the camera work right and uh, a lot of that camera work was done by my wife and she was she was swearing a lot because <laughs> uh, um for for making her do that because well realistically a cameraman is uh or camera woman in that case is someone who does twice twice the work right you need to go around people you need to you need to go a little bit faster to kind of be there to to take that shot um so there's a lot of work definitely a lot of work uh, there and then in the edit I, for this interview i'm gonna make him say that twice in the post-production <laughs> just to let you know <laughs> that sounds like yeah. somebody has been a cameraman before yeah. in the field yeah it's uh it's uh it's definitely definitely a tough uh tough thing and then um also, I'm kind of that that movie. I've well, I had my vision, and I well, I somewhat directed it, and of course, uh, that probably gave my wife even harder time trying to to uh, keep up with 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 everything. And of course, dogs and birds. It's it's uh, we did a lot of uh, fly fishing movies before that, and uh, it's different and a little bit easier. Uh, that way you have like there's less less moving parts uh, in it and then uh, yeah you have your dog on point and like what you do is is uh, with your camera like do you actually want to move it a little bit closer and risk um to flush the bird before somebody else can actually well, be lined up for a shot and, and so on and so forth there's there's a lot of moving parts and uh, trying to film uh, upland hunting 
it's probably the most challenging filming that's uh, that's well, at least I've I had a chance to do. I I've uh, been attempting to to tape or to film my hunts when I go out by myself, and I found out two GoPro batteries is not enough when it's cold. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you forget to hit, you know, I got voice commands, so I'll GoPro stop recording. So I do that a lot or start recording. And then when I do finally get a, yeah, I don't the see. perfect setup and then, um, I had one spot and everything was great. The battery, you know, I just, I bought like five batteries and I, oh, I'm going to switch batteries and everything was perfect. The birds were sitting and I had a protective case over my GoPro. So I went back and tried to edit, which I'm terrible at. <laughs> and you couldn't hear a word I would say. It was just muffled, and, and there wasn't an external That's mic. That's why you got to like, do the voiceover. You know, so later you got to. Yeah. The so I, the you know, having the whole production into a movie sounds I, you know, like no fun for me. But and just, I think I think that's you know for from us having having done you know what you're describing about you know the moving parts, um, Will, who's been on the camera side of it and uh, it is challenging and so when i see somebody's film like you produced at least from our perspective we appreciate that art because we know how difficult that is to capture it just it's hard to do which is why very few people do it you know i mean you can go get in a deer stand and set your camera up and wait for the deer to show up and film it but when your dog's moving and you're trying to hunt, hunt a bird that may not cooperate and may fly the opposite direction or or want to run on the ground, uh, then then it, it gets to be uh, uh, really difficult. So when you do get that shot, like you did in your film, where you get that point and you get that first bird, that is uh, that is really special. And so uh, so anyway, from That's from our pers- yeah. from our perspective, your your art, the work that you did with that film is not only from the the scenery and the in the in the field where you're hunting, but just how you went about capturing, I think was really, uh, really nice, really great. So uh, from that standpoint, isn't that true, Will? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. <laughs> the, I think the word you're looking for there is cinematography oh. uh, and things like that. But obviously, um, you know, you guys have a background in that. I think I told you that when we first met. Uh, the uh, images are pretty breathtaking, uh, not only because, like Wade said, the scenery, but uh, – you guys really have uh, uh, an eye for uh, framing and all that great stuff. But I was going to ask you, wh- what were your favorite experiences while you guys were filming? You, everybody's got that horror story of a battery going out or a lens <laughs> falling off or something of that nature. But what sticks out to you as your favorite experience? Well, I know it's probably it's probably capturing uh, uh, capturing some of those uh, some of those moments that are like hard to capture. Um, points and i mean not when dog is already on point but actually like that moment when you know it's it gets a little bit tense and then boom uh like that's that's always a special moment and then uh, um yeah that's that's probably kind of one of the one of the favorite parts when you when you actually manage to get the shot that you kind of envisioned in your head um that's uh, that's uh, that's really 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 good I love, I love these shots. Now, are and, you doing, do you have any more films that are, you're in the process of putting together from this last season or are you going to, yes, actually, those? um, there's going to be one film about, uh, about this season. 
Um, it's not probably not going to be as kind of uh, as as big uh, of a project. Just kind of well summary of uh, of of the season. Um, and we have uh, and we have plans for for this year um, for actual actual big film project. And hopefully things uh, things will line up and we'll be able to do that. Uh, but and if they will, it's probably. I'm hoping it's going to be our like biggest and best movie we've ever ever did. Um, so, big expectations for for 2023. Yeah. Well, you're always welcome to come down to Iowa to our beautiful scenery and there you go. <laughs> yeah. get some get some stories and get some film and some pictures. And, some uh, sadly, we don't have as many cougars or other. Yeah, we don't have any of the wild animals. Yeah. You might get a skunk. You know, that would be. <laughs> um skunk skunk or a raccoon um but uh no you know i think about when i tried that to do some filming and you you guys are taking hours and hours and hours of footage and trying to narrow it down and edit it that's just um that's baffling i guess maybe people don't understand how much goes into the not, not just the filming part but everything after and and my hats off to you for doing that. So. No, that's that's true. I think for like for, for a blueprint, as, as as far as I can remember, like my original kind of layouts, like the first just kind of rough uh, rough footage of uh, the whole film, which was probably twelve minutes, was about six hours. So it's six hours of footage, and that's kind of already already shuffle things around and just. Kind of try to try to yeah. try to uh, kind of line it line it up, and then you kind of narrow it down to to twelve minutes. What, so. I, what I found is when you have a six, eight hours, ten hours of footage, <clears throat> and days later you're going over that footage, you see things that you forgot actually happened in the field that you go, I remember that now. That was pretty cool when the dog <laughs> did a certain thing, but but you you don't remember that as as much as. Uh, you know, maybe shooting a bird or whatever, but there was something that happened that the dog did that uh, when you see it on film and, you know, days later, you go, wow, you know, I forgot that little two seconds or three seconds was there, but that's what's going to make that little piece in the right place is going to really what makes makes the video, you know? And so, yeah, so it no, is time-consuming. It is time-consuming, but when you can find one of those little special a uh, few seconds in there, it make it it makes actually. It yeah, you reminded me. Um, I was uh, just the other day. I was I was working on that up- upcoming movie, and uh, I've uh, seen a cool footage that I did not know that happened. Um, that was my friend's dog on point, and my dog backed that dog, and I did not know that because like you can see in the footage, I'm walking through the other through the other dog's direction, and it just my my dog is backing just behind me. It was pretty cool to see uh, like the whole backing moment on footage. Uh, although I did not, I did not remember it from like real life. Probably, probably haven't seen it. Yeah, because so we've watched uh, uh, we've cool. watched a lot of time of just guys walking in a field in a line, you know. And you go, well, okay, this is guys in blazer orange walking through a cornfield. Uh, okay, how much of this can? Uh, and but then in there somewhere is that that one one uh, special moment. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fun when you find one of those. It makes it all worthwhile sitting in that room doing all that editing, all that for all those hours, I guess. But we've uh, used it to settle arguments about who actually hit expert or you know, <laughs> did jump that. first. Or... We did that one time. Yeah, a, a, 
when was that, Will, in Kansas, I think it was? Yeah, it was between you and Travis. Yeah, my son, a bird got up between us, and it, you know, live action, it seemed like, you know, the bird kind of got hit kind of at the same time by both of us. It's kind of one of those. However, I knew that I had actually beat him to the draw, you know, that I'd actually shot first. But the bird, in his defense, the bird did get up in front of me, and uh, <laughs> and so by the time I got, I got mounted and shot, He'd all reacted. But anyway, it was funny because we said, oh, wait a minute, you know, we've got that on camera, so we can put that on slow-mo and we can actually watch it, you know, and uh, that's what we did. And, and hey, I hate to say it. Oh, no, I love to say it. Uh, Me and my friend this year, we've shot, we actually shot one bird and both of us shot it. Uh, and more to that, we actually pulled the triggers at the same time both of us had no idea that the second person actually shot and we're like oh like i've shot yeah. a bird he's like i've shot a bird and then we've looked at the bird and it was it was pretty obvious that both of us uh, actually <laughs> shot, shot yeah. It. yeah yeah and most called, of the time we, those are... there was it was there was like one brief moment where like oh maybe one of us missed and then we when we picked up the bird it was like yeah <laughs> we, when a, both when a big us. healthy rooster gets up yeah in front of us yeah. down here and multiple people shoot we call that pillow casing because it's just <laughs> like oh well i guess we can't eat that one yeah. but yeah they're um, easy they're they're easy for the dogs to find yeah they, well yeah. they're kind of a piece i've i've yeah. had dogs bring back pieces before yeah, but you know when too. we when we get to coast the wrap of the show you know you kind of gave that little bit of a, a preview of one of your stories about you know walking in the dog was backing we always like to hear your favorite dog story whether that was you know, recent or maybe it was from your first Weimaraner and in, <clears throat> excuse me, when you, you know, first got it, but we always like to hear that favorite dog story. Oh, I have, I have many. Um, of course, uh, we had this uh, cougar experience, but I'll, I'll leave that out. Um, something fresh from this season. Oh, um, I actually had, uh, it was, it was pretty cool and I really liked it. So, uh, we were hunting pheasants and we kind of separated with a friend of mine and uh, um, code appointed a pheasant. I've shot, I've shot a bird and uh, everything was good. And on the retrieve, there were a few, few things that I did not like. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make him retrieve that pheasant again. So he kind of runs, runs. Uh, and that's, that was my actually like second rooster. So it's, it's limit in, in uh, here in Alberta. So I could not shoot any more birds. And he's running for it, and I'm just kind of dumping that that rooster for him to send him for another retrieve. And as I turn to him to actually kind of send him to retrieve that bird, he goes on point. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's another bird. <laughs> and I calling calling my buddy who's like across across the field on the other side. I'm like, get over here. We have a point. He actually got to the bird, but uh, well, I guess that rooster tricked him. He uh, he missed it, but my dog still got the retrieve because I had I had another rooster that I <laughs> thrown out for him for him to do that retrieve. So that was a pretty memorable moment and uh, nice uh, nice work from a dog. Did as that well. find a place in that journal somewhere? Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's that's for sure. Well, that's awesome and. Uh... You know, we uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know you're you're very busy up there, and you're getting ready to 
hunt this weekend and get your stuff together for that. Good luck to you on that. Last 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 weekend of the season. Hopefully the the Huns are good to you. I doubt that they will be, but I hope I hope that they are, <laughs> and uh, that you're able to at least get a shot at a few of them. Uh, but, Wait, yeah. I think you know what? Maybe uh, I think we didn't really touch a lot on hunting in Alberta, so maybe I can give you a quick summary of yes, yes what yes. it is because that's actually well, that's a big thing, and really we are well, we're really not that far not that far away from from a lot of places in in, in the states, and um, Alberta is well, it's pretty awesome for bird hunting. Really, you have uh, you have a lot of species you can chase. So starting from the grouse, rough spruce and uh, blue grouse, um, kind of closer to the mountains and um, kind of west west of the province. And then you have uh, all the prairie birds. Uh, you have sharptail, you have pheasants, uh, you have uh, Hungarian partridge, of course. Uh, you have snipe. Um, not a lot of people hunt snipe, but it's actually one of my favorite sporting birds probably to chase because, well, uh, they definitely challenge your shooting. That's that's for sure. Um, so yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of opportunities here here in Alberta for uh, for upland hunters and it's, uh, yeah, amazing scenery and um, and Canadian dollars cheaper than U.S. dollar at least right now. So I was, was going to ask ask you with the I know there's some firearm law changes up there and I wondered how that impacts people like us that are coming from the states that are coming into Canada to bird hunt does, does that have any effect at all that you see it doesn't really it doesn't really have any impact on upland hunting like shotguns or anything like that um it's uh, more has to do with uh, with with rifles and uh, um yeah i don't even want to get started on it there's a lot of uh, a lot of controversy and a lot of uh, a lot of things that well I haven't met a person yet who actually understands why why it's being done, <laughs> uh, why it's why it's being done, how it's being done, uh, or who agrees with <laughs> with uh, what's being done. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, it does not affect right now um, anything, anything. Anything. It's still legal to bring uh, a shotgun into yeah, yeah. Alberta. To, I can to still Alberta. do that, and I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's probably uh, as easy of a process as. Uh, Canadians to bring gun to us. I know it's not uh, it's not a super complicated process. You can well, for we us, actually hand not. them out to everybody coming in from yeah. your country. You get a free gun <laughs> when you come to America. It, <laughs> no. it, it actually takes some time to to get that permit, but uh, yeah. but um, it's, as far as I know, it's not. That yeah, I just you know if anybody is thinking about going out there, just don't drive up to the border and say, "Hey, I'm going across yeah. the border to go hunting." Got yeah. four shotguns make in the sure back, you, but yeah, make sure you do your research and. Uh, but yeah, and if anybody out there is really wants to see a, 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 some beautiful uh, backdrop for bird hunting and uh, watching uh, Pavel's dogs do some really amazing things, check out uh, the blueprint, and uh, we'll have some links on on our site here too as well, where you can uh, hopefully find those things. But uh, yep. great, all the links are film. in the description on and uh, to, uh, to to check out his his journey. So. Yeah, and good luck this weekend, and and uh, hopefully we can uh, check out your new film when it comes comes out here. We'll be be watching for that. Up, uh, I'm assuming it'll probably be up on YouTube with some of the others that you've done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll take it'll take some time. I'm only in the beginning stages, so yeah, we're we're probably a few months away. <laughs>
perfection takes time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Awesome. Well, we All really right. appreciate you joining us. And and again, we look forward to, and you can check out everything that they've done up there and uh, in the links in the description. And and uh, yeah, what a, that was awesome. Right? Yeah, I thought it was too. And yeah. uh, for everybody out there too, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and get up there and uh, help us out with that. Um, let us know um, what you like and don't like. Yeah, Leave if you some got reviews. some questions for us, and yeah. send us some some questions. And and if you have anybody you'd like us to interview, just feel free to send us a message on our Facebook page and and uh, or our emails. I think our emails is on the subscription too, and everything else. So, um, uh, well, and I like to say, I know what you're going to say, but I like to say, take somebody bird hunting. Yes, get get somebody out in the outdoors and keep the nose in the wind. Catch you next time. <laughs>